Welcome to the XR Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Diana Olenik. And on this show, we dive into the cutting-edge worlds of XR, Web3, and artificial intelligence with the brightest minds in the industry, bringing you exclusive insights and game-changing conversations that will revolutionize your understanding of the future. Today, we're going to be speaking with the team at Optonic VR. Obtaining VR is a group of gamers, VR pioneers, and fitness enthusiasts who are passionate about bringing virtual reality to fitness. Octonic originated from the expertise in building motion simulators for VR, and their have-new VR lab in Manhattan, New York City, has been pioneering VR motion simulators through design and development since 2016. After recognizing a significant need for a seamless locomotion solution to achieve natural movement in VR, Optonic VR started working on a treadmill VR application. This work resulted in the creation of Optonic VR, and today we are super excited to be talking with all the management team. I can't wait to begin. Let's do it. Thank you so much for being here today. We have this beautiful presence of the team at Octonic VR today. I'd like to start by saying, hey, team, how is everything going right now in New York? Hi, Diana. We're very happy to be here with you. And uh, yeah, it's going well. It's actually quite good weather today. No rain, surprisingly. Still not as hot as we would want it. But hopefully it's going to be better by Saturday. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I live in Canada. And after a very, very long winter, now we have a very nice weather to go outside, uh, walk, and actually go walking to the gym to perform workouts. And speaking about workouts, I'm very excited for the topic today because we're going to be speaking about Octonic VR. And of course, you are the experts in this amazing platform that facilitates the workouts in VR. So my first question for you is going to be how the idea of Octonic VR actually came to life. Okay, I'll take this one, guys, and you'll chip in. Uh, so my name is Ilya, and the way uh, it all started, actually, with our work, David and I, we worked at Habnio VR Lab, that was our first VR project. It was basically a VR center where we offered to people uh, to play uh, most advanced VR motion simulators, which we designed and built in-house. And, you know, we had racing simulators, we had flight simulators, and we also had treadmills, um, such as tr virtual treadmills, for instance. And obviously we also had like room scale VR and over the years, what we've seen at the lab is that many people are not satisfied basically with the locomotion solution in virtual reality, where like, for instance, if you are in a kind of, you know, confined space of a room, you can't really go far enough, right? You eventually going to face the wall. So that's how we started working on our own omnidirectional treadmill solution. That was the idea originally. And uh, actually, David designed a pretty awesome prototype. And we also, as we were designing the hardware, we are originally a hardware company. As we designed the hardware, like a mini treadmill, this size treadmill, uh, we also uh, kind of created the software to kind of run it. And Fastway 
forward, we actually realized that we can't build a machine that would be cheap enough, small enough, and kind of, you know, easy enough to use um, with the today's technology at least so that people can use it at home, for instance. And at this point, we were kind of, you know, on a crossroads where we have this uh, kind of idea, we have a dream of uh, omnidirectional locomotion in virtual reality, and we can't realize it um, with today to, today's technology on the hardware side. But the software was already written by that time, and uh, David and I, we started thinking about what how we can basically use it, right? And that's when we kind of, you know, that was an aha moment for us when we realized, we realized that there is a huge uh, market with the ready-to-go hardware for our software, which is fitness treadmills and rehabilitation treadmills um, uh, users, right? So it's not, granted, it's not omnidirectional treadmill. It's just one direction movement in a physical world. Uh, still, uh, you know, Basically, what we set, the goal we set uh, for ourselves was to make a mobile VR headset to uh, communicate with the treadmill wirelessly and to control the treadmill from virtual reality. And that's what Actonic is. Wow, it sounds amazing. Thank you so much for expanding on that. I definitely see how the market gets more and more refined in terms of us, the customers, in these type of experiences. Because as soon as we have the opportunity to have a piece of equipment and there is something added to that, like, for example, the opportunity to explore another city or another world or being surrounded by a nice environment that might enhance that experience, then our own um, ideas or our own aims in the experience get a little bit higher and higher. So I'm so happy that you are improving on that and actually bringing these new experiences. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I also think that there are normally inherent safety concerns when combining physical exercise, right? Because even just having a normal, typical treadmill it requires certain ergonomics, certain elements that, of course, as the machine alone, have to take into account in order to prevent any injury with the user. I wonder how these type of concerns also were addressed with Octonic VR. Yeah, you're asking a great yeah. question, actually. That was the first question every treadmill manufacturer partner asked us. <laughs> uh, way back. And uh, we've spent a lot of time, actually, a couple of years actually designing our safety system, even before we had our first virtual reality world for Ryan build. And David, maybe you can tell more about our three-level safety system we have in place right now. So off you go. Um, yeah, so essentially, we are tracking the position of the user relative to the treadmill, so we know at all times where they are on the treadmill. So if they go too far, you know, to the front, to the back, off to, to the left or right, we'll be able to warn them. Um, so the user will actually get a warnings uh, notification in the game, um, telling them to correct themselves. Um, and in addition, in addition to that, we um, do also have a pass-through box that the user will be able to set up, and they can adjust it so that it can um, show their whole treadmill. Um, it's like in like a mixed reality kind of view. So you'll be able to see your real life treadmill, um, in the game that we have. Um, and we also have a, like a mini avatar, 
um, that is in front of the user um, so that they don't have to like look down at all the time or you know, look look at the treadmill, which kind of um, serves as a reference point. It depicts uh, where the user is on relatively on the treadmill um, so they can uh, kind of have the avatar in their peripheral vision um, as a reference point to correct themselves. If, yeah, try to stay centered on the treadmill. Wow, yeah. yeah. And, um, um, just to add to it, right? So the mini avatar is on a treadmill, on a mini treadmill. So pretty much you see yourself, the re replica, a mini replica of yourself running on a treadmill right in front of you. Uh, and as for pass-through view, mixed reality view, uh, David was talking about the amazing thing about this specific, um, you know, edition is that not all the people are ready psychologically to run in virtual reality, right? That's the first kind of, you know, concern many cons customers have. So, and we offer them as much as they want to in kind of introduce back the real world in their experience if they want to. So they basically can adjust the view box uh, as they want to see as little or as much of real world while running. Yeah, that's amazing. I actually was going to ask you about any MR experience, especially because now there are rumors of a potential headset coming to the market from Apple that might have MR capabilities. So I was wondering about that, but you just answered that. So thank you so much. Yeah, that would be amazing. If I have a treadmill at home and I want to enhance my experience, maybe feeling that I'm running in other places, the server or something like that, and that... I am still able to perform as well in the same way with the normal uh, treadmill and having an amazing experience. So thank you for, for explaining that. I think that that's very important for the users to know all the possibilities that are with Octonic because when we say VR, we just think that is only VR, but actually there are other capabilities that the platform have available. So... We were speaking about, you know, the treadmill workouts and that some people sometimes might feel a little bit hesitant to say, would I be ready to jump into a treadmill? And also considering that is VR. What would be some other potential applications beyond treadmill workouts that you could envision or that you might think about? Mm -hmm. So I guess Nayan is the best person to talk about it and will add if needed. Yeah, definitely. And, and thanks again, Diana, for, for having us. Um, you know, we, we definitely see some medical implications when it comes to rehabilitation, um, for, with use of the software. Um, you know, for instance, if people, um, are kind of rehabbing from an injury, you know, our software can integrate with, you know, various, you know, treadmill based platforms to help people recover and actually enjoy the, the physical therapy process. Um, in addition to that, we kind of see this as a platform for, you know, VR locomotion in general. So when people um, will in the future go, you know, walk through virtual environments, um, we can use our software and, and adapt it to those environments to help them actually, you know, walk or run in place as they, they move through these environments without having them to actually physically move in, in the real world to actually, you know, walk through these, these virtual environments. Um, we also have, you know, numerous sports-based, you know, intentions and plans for the app. You know, we hope to, um, you know, host marathons and races uh, within the app and give people the opportunity to easily um, compete, whether it's from their home or gym, 
um, against competitors a- a- across the world. Um, you know, it, you know, David and Ilya, I don't know if you wanted to expand any of those or add um, any more thoughts to that as well. Yeah, I'll just add a couple of more things. Uh, so the treadmill in arguably, uh, treadmill running, right? It arguably is the hardest thing to implement in virtual reality. Uh, there are obviously other things, other fitness machines, which could be a great fit for virtual reality. And we already see many companies, not many, but a few companies in the industry experimenting with this uh, machinery, right? Talking about rowing machines, uh, bikes and things like that. So that's definitely a great horizontal expansion, um, which is a great potential for us. So that's one thing. There is also, Nyan kind of alluded to it. Uh, we recently introduced uh, so-called run-and-place mode. Like, for instance, you know, Diana, in case you don't have a treadmill at home, but you have it in a, in a gym, right? So when you go to a gym, you use um, your treadmill in a gym. When you're at home, you still want to jump into this new world while, you know, maybe outside it's a bad weather, right? So you jump into our world and you can actually run in place uh, and enjoy the VR worlds we've built. So the idea is you're still doing your cardio, uh, you're still doing your locomotion, and at the same time, it's much more fun than just running in place and, uh, you know, staring at the wall. <laughs> That's super interesting because what do happen with the device? How does it work specifically? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. There is a uh, cool tracking technology that allows us to understand how fast you move. And I can uh, I probably, you know, leave it for David to give a little bit more insight into it. Um, well, essentially, the, the tracking data for the headset is really precise. Um, so we know how much like you're moving and how fast you're moving. And essentially, we're taking that data and converting it into uh, basically how fast you're moving in the game. Like, So if you're moving fast in real life, you'll be moving fast in the game. Yeah, and it's actually surprisingly working surprisingly well. Uh, and uh, there is still like a manual adjustment we allow people to do in-game so that if somebody feels like uh, they're running in place, not at the speed they would want to run, they can always bump up or lower down the intensity of the experience. That's great. And in terms of the design, how do you manage to make this system to work comfortable if I am running outside, for example? Um, so you mean by outside, you mean like on a treadmill or outside, like in real life outside? Like uh, at the gym, let's say. At the gym. So um, it's pretty much, I guess, uh, the only... So the product is compatible with 99% of treadmills, right, first of all. So you come into gym, any treadmill you're going to use in a typical gym, is gonna, it's going to work, right? In terms of setting up the experience, setting up the view box we mentioned before, it will take you anywhere from one minute to five minutes, depending on how detailed you want to go calibrating to make sure that, you know, the direction is the same, the safety zone is set up and things like that. And from there, you are just running. It's uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. I'm actually inviting 
right now anybody that is uh, passionate about treadmill and this type of workouts to give it a try to experience how fun it is to use immersive technologies combined with regular traditional forms of exercise, I can definitely foresee not only treadmills, but other type of equipments and even a whole gym. <laughs> Later on, so that's uh, pretty exciting. And I want to highlight when you mentioned the upcoming feature, or maybe you're already on that, for competition. Because most of the apps that we have, for example, if we are wearing the watch, like tracking fitness uh, devices, usually we can set up devices in a way that we can create this connection with other people around the world as well and uh, perform even more more workouts, et cetera. And so by the addition of these programs that you uh, are to be uh, maybe released soon, that would be very, very um, exciting for people to experience and to get to, you know, use, use even more the technology. So thank you for mentioning that. And moving a little bit on to the entrepreneurial side, which is pretty interesting, it's always, of course, a challenge. I wonder how do you balance the need for commercial success with pushing the boundaries of XR tech and speak, speaking particularly about Octonic VR, your project? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I would say there is not much uh, contradiction. Actually, I think one is pushing the other, uh, at least in my experience. And I'll give you a good example. Um, um, you know, when we launched Octonic, uh, back in August as like a paid product of last year, uh, with Meta App Lab, Meta's App Lab, um, you know, first of all, like the major like feedback we were getting from people, guys, fix the UI UX. People were not happy with that. So we spent quite a significant time, uh, making sure it's all intuitive and easy to navigate and people can set up fast and run in minutes. Uh, then we got to next level where, um, I'll, I'll shorten the story, but basically, uh, we, um, right around March, we got, we, we started getting a lot of feedback from people that, you know, guys, everything is great, but, but the worlds are not photorealistic, right? They're kind of gamified worlds. And we kept telling people, Guys, you're asking us something that's not possible to do with on mobile headset. You know, we are not running a PC-based system here. Um, as a result, photorealism you expect when you're actually going through the whole world, which is like very heavy in terms of computation. Computations is just uh, not something we can do. So anyways, people kept saying the same thing, right, all over and over. And we were like, okay, other any other ways how we can achieve that um, kind of realistic world on the one hand and on the other hand, uh, running it on mobile system. And uh, to be honest, for the last two years, probably David and I, we've been kind of dreaming of this solution. And uh, just a few months ago, we actually made this significant breakthrough in, in our kind of method approach to basically building the worlds. And we, shifted to a completely new thing, which now allows us to basically run PC graphics um, uh, kind of worlds on a mobile headset. So and, and we, as a matter of fact, we are launching our first close to realistic world tomorrow, 
and it's going to be pretty amazing. So um, where I'm going with this, right? Our customers basically pushed us to kind of for something unrealistic. But apparently, if you think outside of the box, there are solutions uh, that make customers happy and at the same time, uh, you know, uh, help you to evolve uh, from as a developer. Absolutely. That's what actually makes pushing the boundaries. <laughs> the customers are always telling us what direction to go. And no matter if it's not built yet, we might have to find the solution somehow. And to be honest, I would be one of the fierce customers to tell you exactly the same. I've been trying different apps and there is somehow maybe I belong to a specific market segment mm -hmm. where in certain age that we are, we prefer photorealism. I personally prefer photorealism. I don't like the avatars that are overly, totally don't look like right because I have... I come from a certain maybe age population. Um, so I think that for when it comes to fitness, there is somehow certain connection that we try to look sometimes for nature. And when it comes to nature, somehow we want to feel similar type of artwork or certain visuals. So I'm super excited that you implemented this. This is mind blowing. I am again inviting anybody to actually experience it because this is not an easy technical aspect to come up with when we are speaking about mixed reality applications, virtual reality is pretty complicated. So thank you so much actually to listen to the customers and to push the boundaries uh, towards that direction. Because Thanks for customers as well. <laughs> yes, because we are looking for this type of experiences. Uh, people that is enthusiastic about running outside and doing all of these sports, we actually get super happy every time that is summer because we know finally we can go outside and can experience the green or different landscapes. People actually travel around the world just to run and experience different environments, to experience the heat, to, heat, to experience when it's a little bit cold, to see the sceneries, you know, this type of uh, different landscapes is what makes very successful apps, like apps that, uh, these type of apps that are, for example, for um, bicycles and all of this, just mm -hmm. seen in a screen. That's what makes us uh, happy. So thank you for that. And what is coming up next for you? Or what type of things can you disclose about your uh, vision? What, what are you excited about right now? Well, uh, we kind of told you about the development side of things, right? There are also some updates on the business side of things. And I, I don't know if you want to plug in a couple of words about what's coming. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, going back to the development side of things, you know, with the new generation of headsets coming out, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're looking forward to kind of maximizing the, the, the capabilities of those headsets as they come out um, in, in the near future. And as we know, probably it looks like right now, uh, you know, June, look, there's a, there's a high probability that Apple will release their headset. But, um, you know, once these headsets come out, we look forward to developing for them. Um, but more on the, on the, on the business side of things, you know, we are launching a public offering campaign with Start Engine, um, starting the first week of June on June 7th. And, um, you know, we, we're planning to kind of 
use this as an opportunity to, you know, one, welcome, um, you know, investors onto our campaign who we can, you know, partner with and get their insights from and, and really, you know, use their insights to help build our app out. And two, really to, to, um, to increase marketing of the product and, and further develop the product and, and help it realize our, our, our biggest visions for it moving forward. Um, so we're really excited about that. We put in a lot of work over the last couple of months towards the, this offering. And, and we've only recently, you know, finished doing the paperwork to, to, to publicly offer our stock. And uh, we're really looking forward to, to the campaign starting on, on June 7th to, to help us really um, gather the resources to take this product to the next level. Mm, that sounds super exciting. And one last question for you, Nayan. What would be the main, maybe number one strategy or advice you would give to our listeners that are willing to create their own app related with these technologies? What have been, you know, your biggest insights on entrepreneurship, speaking about the business? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for people who are looking to, to kind of jump in, especially for the first time, is to, to really um, j- just go and, and dive in. And, you know, there's always so much thinking you can do about your, your product and strategy, but ultimately you have to, to start building. And, and once you start building, you, you start learning as you go along. And, and um, there are obviously resources out there in terms of, of you know, learning the development skills. But the biggest thing, honestly, is just conceptually the most simplest, I think, is just to, to really dive in, get started, um, get iterating, and get, as we discussed in the, earlier in the conversation, try to get insights from people who, you know, outside of your team are using the app and, and you implement those, those insights as you kind of build the app going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, definitely. There are many times that we say we don't have this amount of money. We don't have all of this knowledge. We don't have all of this. But if the project is good enough, maybe some people might feel interested as well to support the project. And there are many projects that actually are born out of volunteering type of contributions or, you know, supporting type of contributions that are not necessarily all the time have to be in the traditional sense of raising right away one million dollars to actually get started. That's not necessarily all the time the case. So I really appreciate your insight on actually by going through the mistakes, learning and maybe step by step, um, maybe growing in the process. Thank you so much. So if at this point there are any users, potential users or the listeners or even potential investors who want to reach out to you, how they can find you? So uh, it's pretty easy, right? So obviously, uh, people can uh, email us on support at actonic.com, where uh, they can also reach out to us directly. It's just first name at actonicvr.com. And we're pretty responsive on our social media channels. So Facebook is a great way to get in touch with us, even YouTube commenting and stuff. So all works. Oh, that's amazing. I always ask this at the end because I do, I want to make sure that really we have covered everything. Is there anything else that you wish I had asked you today? Maybe perhaps there is something there that you'd like to touch on? Hmm. I cannot come up with anything. Guys, David, you said the least. 
you should I think, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bye. I guess one, one thing maybe, um, I'll, I'll, I'll like the question which I would ask, uh, how, how many, how are people actually able from different places around the world to actually run together right now in our app? And the answer is yes. Uh, up to eight people can actually join together in one session, right? Um, and you see each other, you speak to each other, and you run through the same place in virtual reality while maybe being thousands of miles apart. And we're very excited about this multiplayer mode launched, and we only dream of expanding the number of people uh, that can join in one uh, session just back to what Nayan said about marathons and virtual reality. And obviously, we're really focused on, um, you know, releasing new worlds. Uh, and specifically to your point, Diana, um, nature worlds, because our customers really want to kind of almost like a substitute of the real world at their home or gym while the weather doesn't permit or when they can't really go too far, they would rather stay home and actually get the same type of exercise and then the same time sightseeing. So. I'm super excited about that because in the part of the world that I am, besides the fact that it's Canada, I have the feeling that I'm in one of the coldest place possible in Canada. <laughs> so if Canada is already cold, I'm in the coldest which is Winnipeg, it's in the middle it's of the of the country and it's and it's super windy because it's the prairies and the wind the winter in my own feeling lasts six months. Imagine how much I miss exercising because I like to exercise a lot. I go to the gym every day and not being able to experience nature when I come from a country country, maybe you can see by my accent, where being outside is a given every day. But mm -hmm. here, I cannot do it. In the winter, there are temperatures of minus 30, sometimes minus 40. And uh, the the sky sometimes is a little bit dark and is, you, you don't feel it, right? Yeah, but you, with you this technology, mm -hmm. you will feel that you see at least the light of the sun again, right? And it brings you psychologically another mood. Because yeah, that is psychologically like many yeah. people, I think, joined virtual reality, started with virtual reality because of the fitness aspect of it. Right. And you mentioned that, you know, people expect photorealism because many non-gamers actually got into virtual reality because of fitness. Right. Because mm -hmm. of all yeah. these limitations you just mentioned. And. Uh, I guess our goal as developers for the whole community of developers is just get to this point where we can kind of, you know, kind of evolve and build these realistic experiences so that people can actually feel like they're there with their friends as well. Yeah. And finally, I like to highlight this important aspect that you mentioned for me the main and most successful uses of these type of technologies are when there are remote aspects where maybe I am dealing with a injury or something that doesn't allow me to travel to another country, but still thanks to this technology, I can experience it. So just to summarize, when I can meet other people around the world and I don't necessarily have to be physically there, I think that this is super powerful. So beyond gaming experiences, which I know that is part of, of some experiences, I think that these ones are very powerful, specifically speaking about business. 
business wise. So yeah, super excited. I really, I'm going to confess that I can't wait for this new device to come to the market. Hopefully the device from Apple. I'm a number use user from Apple. And I think that everything that they create is so purposefully done very well that I wear the, the watch, like fitness watch. For me, it's important to track every day what I am doing and all of these things. So I think that I see, I see a lot of potential for your app to be in this platform as well and to capture the attention of many users that really want to have world-class experiences like Octonic VR. Any final thoughts that you'd like to add or we're all good now? No final thoughts from me. I already said too much, I think. (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. I think it has been an incredible conversation. It's always real and raw. And these are the minds, the brilliant minds, plus all the rest of the team behind Octonic VR. And today we had an amazing talk on to the ins, outs, the journey, and everything about Octonic VR and even what is coming up. So I really encourage you to go and check Octonic VR, give it a try. And of course, if you have any feedback to contact the developers, because this is the only thing that makes them create and iterate even better experiences for everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Super excited and see you in the next episode. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing or sharing to another maybe fellow XR enthusiast. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Thank you.